Hello, this is Terry. And this is Coco. And this is Adventures in Organized Chaos. Where we talk about... Local politics. National politics. Some culture. Lots of culture. Some movies. Definitely some movies? Maybe some books. Mmm. We talk about organizing. Absolutely. Let's talk about that movement work. Let's get into it. All right. I'm just going to press record. Yeah, we're back. (laughs) (laughs) Did you find your notes? I'm still looking for mine. See, like... Just gonna have I think to I got it. make this a part of this whole show. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, what kind of what, what did you want to talk about today, Coco? What's on your list? I got a list this time for the first time. Why don't you start with your list? Because no. I've been kind of taking over, and you know, it, this is a, a a team effort. Uh, I thought we established that I'm a good <laughs> second. <laughs> thought, uh, okay, yeah. fine. But well, um, yeah, go ahead. Go. I you have first. a very short list. Okay, go ahead. Um, well. We did say we're going to continue our speculation kills segment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, I thought I would tie that into uh, police morale. Okay. And um, we need to. Uh, oh, I want to talk about the hate letter to the Great American Theater. Oh. Which was an awesome play in Northampton last week. Okay. <laughs> and that's all I got. Um. Okay. So I, I, I because we missed. So I had uh, I felt like we wanted to talk a little bit more about um, peace and being a part of the peace movement. Um, and then I think we kind of talked a little bit about Cop City in Atlanta um, and oh, maybe yeah. dive into that a little bit and talk about the relationships with land and power. Absolutely. That's a good one. Um, uh, yeah. And then, oh, well, the elephant in the room is obviously talking about that municipal report and going through the slides. Um I don't know if you want to do that. And then the last thing I had was just about the resist and build movement and kind of like what that is. So sounds like a heavy day. Yeah, I got I mean, I don't have anything funny. So like, I mean, somebody did mention that we needed we might want to think about music. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was more of a critique on our uh, our fading in and out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, we'll we'll figure it out. (laughs) Okay, wow. Um, Let's start with you, though. What what, I mean, what do you want to get into? Um, well, I guess let's get into uh, let's let's get into the police audit. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get into the police audit in a second. Give us a break. Get our minds right. Ugh. What's up, Coco? We back. Hey, Terry. All right. We're gonna talk about cops. Yeah, let's do it. All right, but but only briefly, right? Yeah. There's been a lot going on, but it, since this will be over a couple segments, I think we can continue to break it up a little. Um. We had the police audit come out this week in public safety. We had the um, company MRI present the police audit to the public safety committee. Mm -hmm. The chief of police was present. The mayor was present. Um, Their union, what do they call the union person? The union chair, leader, union leader? Shop steward? Shop steward. (laughs) (laughs) The union person. The union rep. The union rep? Mm-hmm. I think he's like, he is the union, though. He seemed like he's like in charge of all so that. So is that the FOP, the Fraternal Order of Police? Is that it? Is Maybe. It something? Okay. I don't know. Okay. Um, but the union person was present. Um, a few of our awesome uh, captains were present. And there was a lot of public presence. So it was a really good, it was a well-attended and also well-viewed um, public safety meeting. And they really went through the most of the um, police audit. So... 
that's what I have to report. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's 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 big for me. Okay, because I I I I think the one thing that that report was big. Yeah. And it wasn't translated. I don't think that there was a translated version. So yeah. that was a big issue. So I think there were some comments about like community members having access or maybe having read it. That's a lot. That's a lot for community like, members to it was, read. It was only like 60, no, 123 pages. Yeah, no big deal. That's light work. Yeah, you know a little I mean? bit, you yeah, know. That's Bam. Light, that's light work. Um, so it was nice to see and hear the, uh, uh, the MRI as well as the mayor and police chief, captains, all those folks kind of speak to the report. And I'll step away just by saying the one thing (laughs) that just blows my mind is thinking about evidence. The whole entire time I'm watching it, I'm thinking about law school, right? Mm -hmm. And the whole entire time I'm watching it, I'm like, maybe I should be a defense attorney. Mm -hmm. Because knowing what you know, or what I now know about the Holyoke Police Department, I would argue (laughs) a lot, like about evidence. I think that's a really good point. And that, you know what I mean? it's a big problem. A big issue. So, yeah. anyways, that's that's what I got. We'll we'll leave it there. You want to leave it there? Um, <laughs> you I keep do. Going? Well, I, I could keep going just a little. I mean, there were some key takeaways um, uh, around communication, training, and um, resources. But I really think that a big part of all of our departments, with you know, in the city, nationwide, everywhere you go, where there's a problem. Mm-hmm. The main problem is usually that there are systems in place that no one's using mm-hmm. or there are outdated systems in place that people are using. Mm-hmm. And either way, the systems only work if you use them. And systems must be improved upon over time. And so what, I've, what I hear from our police audit is that we have outdated systems, many of which are still in use mm-hmm. and just don't work. Mm-hmm. Others need to be implemented and have not. Um, and as much as we hear how we should throw more bodies and money at the problem, I just don't believe that that's the solution. Mm-hmm. Throwing money at problems doesn't fix the problems. Right. You know? If we fix the problems with the money, that's different. Right. But if we're just if we're throwing more positions at problems then it doesn't actually fix the systems that are causing all the inefficiencies. So right. I'm hoping there's going to be some deeper conversations about how best to move forward without finger pointing, mm-hmm. without you know um, putting fault on anyone. Because it was really clear that there are issues, and no one in the room was was trying to say that there weren't. Right. And I think that two things are standing out. One is with these systems that aren't necessarily working or not serving the people or the officers that work in that space, I think what ends up happening is is you create room for a culture to be developed where folks are getting away with certain things, right? And that's where the concern is. I think that's where folks could perceive the police department being like a gang, right? And I think that that's where that can come from, especially if you don't if you aren't following rules or if you have your own set of rules and you're not really protecting and serving at this point where you're like causing more harm than you are actually helping the people. And I think that that's some folks concern. I mean, the report was called a risk assessment, right. And, and was, and was, and was kind of identified as that. So, you know, I I can see where 
cultures are being developed within that de- police department. And, and kind of to that second point, when you're putting more bodies into that space rather than like correcting those wrongdoings, all you're doing is expanding that culture where people right. are going in there, getting away with things or committing actions, right? And then being reprimanded for it, whether that's being fired or paid time off or whatever, you know what I mean? So, or not. Or not, or not, right? And just outright getting away with it. And so I think that that was kind of the last point that one of the MRI presenters had made was about the reputation of the police department and really thinking about that is like you guys are you guys are like Mayberry right now <laughs> you know what I mean and yeah. like <laughs> this is is this the reputation that you actually want in the yeah. 21st century right of, of your yeah. police department and it's really unfortunate too for any of the new recruits or the new officers coming in because they obviously have high hopes and are excited you know for their new career so I can only hope that we we as a city pull together and really, you know, create a, a workplace for these, you know, young professionals coming in so that they can be um, nurtured, trained and really become great role models in our community, helping the community, being a part of it. Um, it's I think we all are, are looking for the same thing for sure. So right. um, I think uh, it seemed really clear in the room that that is the goal, how we get there is always the hardest part to figure out. Right, right. <laughs> and you need everybody at the table to you figure really that do. out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It, and, and I think that was another great point that was brought up is like, you know, Chief Pratt could write all these new rules and trainings if he wants to, but I would not <laughs> allow, you know what I mean? And yeah, I he think, was like, but I think that would be sort of insane right. to try to do all that <laughs> right. by yourself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I do think that it needs to be a collective right. effort. And I have ho- high hopes for Holyoke that like not only will it be the city government, but also community members are part of that process, yeah. knowing what they know now about how the police department is being ran. Right. Yeah. And I hope people do take the time to read. Um, I would say that report was long, but the summary was not. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you just skip to the summary you can really get a, a real nice overview of the, the, the positives and the negatives that were found. And there were some suggestions on how to deal with things. A lot of the suggestions, again, had to deal with funding, which is where I tend to push back a little and say, okay, you want, if, we, if we add funding, we should be adding funding to improve systems. Mm-hmm. I don't think we need more people in these broken systems we right. need better systems functioning for the harder hard-working people who are already there right and that that funding has to come with guidance and with rules and very like strict understanding as to how that that money right. is spent and the other part is is we can't keep recording with recording these numbers with pencils and pens like yeah. we got to figure out a better system <laughs> we have to have uh, yeah we have okay. to have digital systems and places where you know i mean the chief has asked for an analyst more than once, you know, because he realizes that it would greatly benefit his department if there was like a number cruncher there and someone who could pull up different reports from various systems. And, you know, because the city council and I'm sure the mayor and all the various departments in the city are constantly asking him for information. Mm-hmm. And he has to, you know, kind of figure out how to get it or ask one, someone on his team to pull a report together. But that's not their sole duty. And right. so... What I'm learning more and more is that I did not expect this, mm-hmm. but that our Holyoke Police Department, you know, professionals wear many hats. Mm-hmm. And I really just never realized that. I would have never thought that each of them is doing, you know, a plethora of different 
um, tasks that are not necessarily associated with their their main position at yeah. the department. So, yeah, yeah. and I I, I kind of agree with that. I, I'm like, um, and this kind of gets into a, another whole other conversation we could probably get to later. But um, I'm surprised at myself that I'm even thinking about the police department as I am and thinking about like wanting them to have the best systems possible. Um, and mostly I think it was just because it stood out to me that this department stands as a big liability right now. You Absolutely, know what I mean? And yeah. it and it means a lot for us as taxpayers in this city that our police department is is running properly and does it doesn't cost us more money in the long run, you know? And right. there are bonds and there are loans that could help us if we got into a big lawsuit because of our police department, but do we really want to carry that burden, right? And like I, I think um, that's the thing that, that that I'm concerned with the most. And then the other part is, is yes, there's crime. Yes, there's bad harm and wrongdoing that's happening in our community. But how do you hold that accountable if the systems or the department supposed to do that can't hold themselves accountable? You Absolutely. know what I mean? And that's yeah. that's hard for me to figure out. So. And what systems are even placed to know? There you go. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm looking forward again to like whatever goodness comes out of this and whatever transformation comes out of this conversation. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Awesome. All right. We talked about cops. We'll, we'll be right back. <laughs> hey, Terry. Hi, Coco. <laughs> <laughs> have you been over to the artery? I have once. What do you think about it? I liked it a yeah. lot. What is that? It's a it's a place where you can go buy art. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's some businesses popping up, which is pretty cool. The artery is um, was actually funded by a grant i believe to open it up so oh, nice um, and it's a space to allow local local artists to um, consign their wares so they and it can be clothing literally or any kind of art um there's a lot of crafty stuff in there nice yeah. nice i like I, I bought some candles out of there <laughs> yeah i've definitely bought some candles out yeah of there that's too. a good place to buy and candles. it's a good place for gifts yeah and you know this gets me into a conversation about collecting art. I think we all should collect art. We should. So, and connect, collect your neighbor's art. Yeah. It so, doesn't have to be like a million dollar art. It just has to be fun and right. you have to like it. And if you happen to support someone that you know or have met locally, it's pretty cool too. Um, so I just wanted to let people know that the artery is not open every day. Um, it is on High Street. It's open Thursdays through Saturdays, 11 to 5, and it they have local artist stuff, and it's great for gifts. Um, they're at 289 High Street in Holyoke, um, and they do have a website. It's www.holyokeart.com. So um, they usually extend their hours when it gets warmer out, but we're not there yet. So if you need something, go over to the Artery and visit them Thursday through Saturday. Awesome. See you there. Hi, Coco. What's the, what's the next topic? Um, yeah. You want to talk about accountability? I would like to talk about accountability. Why? Like, I feel like accountability is always top five, three, five things you like to talk about. Well, because accountability can usually, usually be applied to any number of situations that I'm personally experiencing or a part of. Mm -hmm. And I find that accountability would usually solve any issues present. Mm -hmm. But instead of practicing accountability, 
we prefer to have endless discussions about whose fault something is or was or might be or who could be doing more or less to counter a problem that was created by whoever mm-hmm. instead of people just saying, yeah, I was a part of that problem. I don't have a solution right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy about having been a part of that problem. I see that I was a part of that problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do we move forward? Right. How, what is the solution? Who's got solutions? Accountability requires people to say, this decision maybe wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. I might have met well at the time. It may or may not have worked out as expected. Or maybe it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. I'm human and my, my decision didn't work. Right. Now what? Right. And if people could learn to like, if that could be more people's mantra, I think people would be happier. They could work together more easily. They could come up with solutions. They could address problems. Mm-hmm. I, I just have such a issue with people just pointing fingers full time. It's a problem. Yeah. How are we ever going to get to talk about things? Right. If we're always too busy saying, well, you know, Terry, this is really all your fault. I mean, if you would have, should have, could have, would have yesterday done the thing upside down, then, you know, we wouldn't be here. So, I mean, that's the problem. It's you. Right. Instead of saying, hey, we didn't get that thing done yesterday. Guess we better figure it out now. <laughs> yeah, that's not. We we like to play the blame game. We yeah. like to. We I like don't to know point why, fingers. though. It's just who we. I, I'm. I'll just go out on a limb and say that's who we are. What we've learned, right? Like and yeah. like being accountable sucks. You know, <laughs> for taking who? taking responsibility for your actions really sucks. It it sometimes it what doesn't are we feel for? good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're this many. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm this many years old. I'm, I'm this many. I'm this many years old. I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't do it. Right. I wasn't even there. But we didn't, you know, some of us, some of us might not have learned what accountability was when we were that many. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and <laughs> this so is a good point. we never really got to the Break point, it down. got to the point where we an adult now and we got to be responsible for our actions, you know? And then there are some people out there. They got all the supports and the systems and the infrastructures in the world that's, that prevent them and protect them from taking full accountability. You know what mm. I mean? And so I, I that's not true. I'm, I don't know. There's some people out there that's <laughs> there's some. What, I'm not going to possibly make you think that I'm not going to name no names or point. no <laughs> But I feel like there was somebody who said he, I'm not even going to mention his name, but somebody who said that it was going they could harm somebody in the middle of fifth avenue and get away with it you know what i mean like that's that's, true that's That's somebody who didn't learn accountability when they were this many that when when they were that many that's right and then they very good point and they grew up into adults and then accountability was never it doesn't even exist mm -mm. it's not even a reality not a part of their lexicon that's a big word not a part of their vocabulary you know what i mean this is very Mm -mm. true so i don't know i i agree with you though accountability is huge yeah but we got but i think we gotta figure out how to talk to one another I don't think we're figuring it out very well. Oh, I think we struggle. I think, I think we struggle. I think we have a lot of work to do yeah. because, I mean, if how can we solve the little problems, mm-hmm. you know, or how can we solve the big problems if we can't even deal with the little problems? You know, how can we sit around finger pointing instead of saying, hey, mm-hmm. like, I mean, not for nothing, but 
the systems of our nation have been in existence for a long time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they haven't been working for a long time for everyone. For everyone. You know, a lot of the systems are just kind of, they need a revamp. Mm -hmm. You know, the world's a changing place. The U.S. is a changing place. Holyoke is a changing place. And I I just, it gives me a little bit of a tick Mm -hmm. when I hear just how long someone has been in their profession or doing their work, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. but there's still problems. Yeah. Yeah. So when do we, when, when are we able to be accountable enough to say, you know what? Yeah, I have been doing this for a long time and it has not been working. Right. Some things are working, but the things that aren't, it's like, we're just going through the motions and this, because I said so, because we've always done it this way, sort of explanation. It's not, it's not acceptable. Right. Right. That's I, all I have on that. I, I'm very upset about it. I, I could see mad rapper. <laughs> tell me why you mad. I'm going to tell son. you. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> tell me why you mad. No, I get it. And it, and it should, it should upset us all. Right. Like when we, all we want is just to be able to not continue to live in this like struggle nonstop cycle, cycle junk. right forever and we just want some sort of healing and reconciliation from it um but again I, I i think that it's hard for us to do that when we some of us haven't learned how to do those things from day zero from like you know what i mean when we from, were that many years old when we were this many right you know what yeah. i mean and like we yeah i think that that definitely holds us up and like keeps us away i I don't know. The blame game is interesting to me because I don't really like to play it myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm with you. I want, I want solutions. Um, and in the moment somebody is like, let's point fingers and yeah, you know I kind of I mean? shut down I'm like, immediately, immediately. Like, and cause that's also just speculation. So now the fingers are pointing and the, the, uh, the speculation is that someone didn't do something or was thinking something at the time when things were happening. I wasn't there. Mm-mm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not you. Most nope. of the people I'm in rooms with, I don't know personally. So I know they don't know what I'm thinking or was thinking right. a year ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago when I made a decision to do whatever. They have no idea. Right. And I have no idea. And here we are. Yeah. And now here we are trying to heal. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long road. Yeah. I mean, there's more than one way to do things. I just, I guess I'm just really, I'm really over everyone's, you know, uh, holding on so tight mm-hmm. to their way. Yeah, there's more than one way. People live differently. The plural verse. live differently. That's the yeah. that's the plural verse. There as are we say 22 that. ways to get to the same goal, and mm-hmm. yours is not necessarily the right one or the wrong one. If you can get there mm-hmm. efficiently, then that great. works for you. That's working for you. It may work for all of us. Right. But if you've been trying to get there the same way over and over again, and it's not working. And you still have the nerve to point your fingers at everyone about what they're doing wrong. I think there some some reflection should be required. Some introspection. Yeah, because yeah, mm-hmm. there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's I mean, it's it happens with all of us sometimes. But being able to recognize it, I think, is super important. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, wow. <sighs> I feel so much better now. You got your thug pressure up just now. Yeah, that's good. That's bad. <laughs> that bad. Okay, we'll be right back. Yo. Okay, peace. <laughs> What you said? I said, let's talk resist and build. Resist (laughs) 
and build. <laughs> it was much cooler the first time. It was time. so much cooler the oh, first well. time. Anyways, I'm always back. cooler the first time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so kind of what we were talking about earlier was a little bit about policing, about cops, um, talking about the kind of expanding this conversation. But, you know, there's two sides to organizing. There is the resistance movement, right, where we stand up and protest and uh, wave signs, kick indoors if we have to. Fist in the air stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then we also, like, can get involved in building and building that future, right, and building that newness. Um, and I don't know. That's kind of something where I'm at more. Like, I keep telling people, I'm like, man, I don't want to put my black body on the line to prove how messed up this country is because we already know. You know what I mean? Yeah, that point has been proven. Right. So, like, we and we got historical images of plenty, the, plenty, black and white. If you want them colored, you can get them, them color from digital. different ages. You got the digital footprint, like whatever, like paintings, paintings, even. You know what I mean? Sketches, little charcoal drawings, got it all, all of it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so we 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 know how violent this world can be, and so like taking that opportunity to build that new. I think is important. Um, anyway, so we were just kind of diving in this week, talking about uh, a neighbor to neighbor, talking about the Solidarity Economy Network and mm. those types of initiatives. And it's interesting because a lot of that comes from uh, South America, from Brazil, where you have these folks that are under like crazy authoritarian rule and, and still trying to figure out how to survive and how to thrive. And so they're building things, whether that's, farms, communities, restaurants, storefronts, whatever, to be able to sustain themselves. Um, and yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at when it comes to organizing. So why are we taking models from from so far away? Mm-hmm. When there's, I, I wonder how, how uh, these models can really be uh, adapted to problems here. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I think I think here our biggest struggle is sometimes we can be a little bit of one trick ponies for our organizations and from our groups, right? And we get again, we get identified as that resistance group. Mm-hmm. And that's all we get known as, right? And that 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 group that's gonna come and show up with a hundred people and be standing outside your door. Um and I think folks love doing that. I think right. they really enjoy it. But I think what also is available to us as nonprofits is the ability to access large sums of funds, mm-hmm. be able to build out city blocks and apartments and storefronts and all of those things. And it's happening, right? Yeah. Um, but I just think that like our organization's just gotta be a little bit more flexible mm-hmm. and kind of thinking outside the box a little bit more. Um, yeah. So so what would you say or probably what do you feel are like the the most uh momentous sort of actions that neighbor to neighbor has taken since you've joined? I think the biggest thing, uh, I do I do appreciate all of the tenants unions and the organizations that are kind of cropping up right now. I think that those are huge, right? Absolutely. And that, that bringing people together and having them like being in these very real conversations about their housing, about their living situations, but also in conversations with landlords, attorneys and judges, mm. A lot of different folks that are involved in those conversations. So I think that's important. Um, but I also think that like us maintaining Dwight Street Garden has been really great. 
Um, and <laughs> shouts out to me. Um, <laughs> no, doing but, a good job, Terry. <laughs> no, but I really do think that the the garden space is really great. And then you know the future endeavors of thinking of owning a, a community kitchen and and doing that kind of work just to present those alternatives to capitalism in any way and um, kind of representing the sharing economy. I think that that's what the heart of it is. So mm. I'm, yeah, I'm proud of those moments. That's nice. And like, um, what about the um, like accessory dwelling units? Does neighbor to neighbor have any have any like skin in that game? I know uh, Holyoke. Um, one CDC is is doing a lot of stuff um, around that, but yeah, and so we're. I mean, like our as far as housing goes, our our push is more into building out the community land trust as a way of of like developing permanent affordability among housing. And again, it just kind of goes back into like the push for our nonprofits that are in our community to think about housing, to think about their work in a different way. Right now, and this is not naming any names or pointing any fingers, but right now when you are talking about a building affordable housing, most of those plans only last for about five, ten years. Right. And we're talking about like making that affordability 99 years, right? And making it long term and making sure that when you're ready to sell your house, you can definitely sell your house, you'll make a little bit of money off of it, but you can sell your house to somebody else who's really in desperate need and kind of passing it along that way. Um, and the same thing for storefronts, right? For small businesses that might want a storefront um, and might want to own their own space, we make it cheaper. You know, and that's kind of the move for the land trust. Hmm. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it's it, kind of like warm and fuzzy. It, yeah, I'm. I'm saying it's like when you when you are thinking of housing as a human right, and you're taking and you're saying, okay, housing should not be. Uh, housing should not be a way for people to stash their wealth. Mm. Cause I think that that's what we got right now. You know, you right. got a lot of like with the luxury housing that's in the luxury apartments that are empty. That's people stashing their wealth. You know what I mean? And just waiting for the moment to sell buy, trade, whatever. Yeah. Well, it's still capitalism, right? It's still capitalism. So like, again, what we're trying to do is work alternatively, find those little workarounds, you know what I mean? Still within the system, but you know, in a way that that really does support the people and make sure that you can afford to live where you want to live. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a hard one these days. Yeah. So that's uh, that's where we're at with uh, resisting and building. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's some other examples, like you said, just around. Um, and New England is prime for land trust conversations, but there's also like a lot of co-owned businesses throughout New mm. England as well. Um, and that, like that sharing economy is, is huge here. So, um, yeah. Well, um, with the tenants, the tenants rights union, um, tenants union, tenants union, how often do, are they meeting? Cause I feel like I've seen a lot of their meetings posting and it's nice to see. Yeah. They meet once a, once a month. It feels a little bit more frequent cause they're representatives that will show up to like a chapter meeting. Okay. So there are folks that are always maybe twice a month that are in meetings yeah. um, and, and are working on various things like an office for tenant protections and um, a tenant's bill of rights and those kind of initiatives. So they're, they're out there. Well, I know that um, I owe a, a slumlord shame letter to, 
to quite a few residents of the city. So I, I'm going to get working on that too. I, I love those. I love those. My those favorite. Are, those, are, My favorite. those are great. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we were talking about once before we should do billboards too. <laughs> <laughs> so and so is a slumlord. Right. Don't live here. Don't live here. <laughs> well, well, keep it up, Terry. I mean, somebody's got to do it. Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Coco. No I'm, problem. I'm, I'm glad I got your support. Uh, that's one. <laughs> There's one. That's what I need. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Peace. Hey, Terry. Hi, Coco. <laughs> Do you know we have like a city museum? No. Yeah. We have a museum in Ward 4. Really? Mm-hmm. It's called Wisteria Hearst. You want to know Why? Why? Because wisteria grows all over it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's going to be really <laughs> nice in the spring. Yeah, it's really, really pretty when it's in bloom. And they have gardens and stuff that you can walk around in. And it's really nice. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to share that because uh, they give tours. Mm-hmm. It's a historical space. And um, they give tours and all the original furniture is in there and stuff. Ooh. It's really neat. And they have events and stuff. Um, but... They regularly have gallery exhibits. Okay. So how do I go see one of these gallery exhibits? Well, right now, for example, they have the Body the Self exhibit. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a series of works that will be displayed through April 11th. Okay. So that goes on from 4.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m., which is a really nice time, you know? Nice. So they don't close at like 4 when everybody's still at work. Right. They actually <laughs> are open during the working people's hours yeah so they can kind of if you're right when you're getting off you can stop by and check out this exhibit um all the exhibits at wisteria hearst are usually free to the public unless it says otherwise um but yeah it's pretty cool and i hope you can get to see it i haven't been yet okay well maybe i'll go see that soon yeah after work (laughs) okay after work okay bye okay bye (laughs) hey you terry you want to put your headphones on nope I'm you, not going to do it. You don't want to hear me? <laughs> you down. Oh, I'm Lord. Turning you down. There you go. Um, yeah, so I was invited to go to this amazing play last week. Yeah. And it was called My Hate Letter to the Great American Theater. Um, it was written, directed, and um, the music was also by Diana O. Okay. And it was at Smith College. Um, it was done by the students there. And some students who weren't from there. Um, But it was like a, how do I describe it? Hmm. It really talked about the exclusion of all types of people from theater performances. Like, you know, never having a place in theater, um, never getting picked for roles because you're not the right look, the right size, the right shape, the right, um, you know, gender the right color like all that you know Mm -hmm. or only getting cast in the roles that you absolutely look like which you know just like movies i mean but right right so it was this is strange by the way because theater is supposed to be for the weirdos right (laughs) like it's supposed to be accepted supposed to be (laughs) but you know like all like that's what i always thought but then you know their their take on it was really interesting and and um i mean it it kind of opened with like the white woman lead you know who's like you know, like she's the white woman lead. She always gets the part. Mm-hmm. You know, she's always got the the main role. She's never worried about anything. She's not particularly talented. She always sounds kind of the same. You know, not to say that all white performing lead roles are like that, but right. it was just, you know, it was like a, it was a play on how like, how everything's the same all the time, mm-hmm. you know? 
and then there were a lot of um there were a lot of uh like non-binary actors and like um it was just a real it was just a lot of fun and it really brought out how people can get together have a good time really address I felt like it was really present it really addressed the current time and situation what people are going through if they are um if they do find themselves in the LGBTQ community you know um I think I'm a little bit in a bubble mm-hmm. when it comes to even worrying about that. Cause growing up in Northampton, I feel like it was never, it's not something we really thought about. It was just, you know, it's happening. It's fine. Like the bearded lady, you know, is downtown, you right, know, it's whatever we're sitting on a stoop talking trash. Who's right. that? And it's the bearded lady. Who do you think it is? You know, um, it's never a big deal. Right. Um, friends in high school were dating same sex um, and this is, you know, I graduated in the 90s. Like, this was a while ago before, like, the current age where suddenly everybody is um, being looked at as if they must be grooming kids. If, if, if the kids are interested in the same sex, they must be being groomed somehow. You we know? see you, Tennessee. We see you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like, maybe they're not being groomed. Like, maybe they're just having these feelings in high school. I mean, right. that is the time where people start, like feeling stuff right 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 right. (laughs) so i just thought that this um i cried i laughed i just thought it was really great you're gonna give us a sample oh a sample i don't have any samples what you got what you got i just have this this thing here but it's just the um the the um different cast members but it's like even that's funny it's like a human being Mm -hmm. the white woman lead theater patron the white people lead the pig, the white woman, the robot of color, the horse, the moderator, you know, like <laughs> it was just <laughs> the young POC person, um, the, the successful old white man, mm-hmm. you know, the white people lead. So it was just all about color, gender, age and how we need to like let more things ride. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I'd love to see this. Um, I'd love to see this show go viral and suddenly appear all over the country because I thought it was really great. It's beautiful. I, yeah. I wish I would have saw that show. I, um, I, I hope they bring it back. I'm going to write them an encore letter and be like, are you bringing it back? Yeah. Please? Wow. Did you ever, were you ever in theater? Did you ever act? Um, I did some theater in high school. I didn't really do much after that. I was in a, a traveling um, acting group called Team Players and we went to other high schools and and we talked about uh, it was like sex ed and teen problems. Mm-hmm. So we basically, yeah, there were I think there was eight of us, and we wrote a play and we took it on the road. Nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty cool. So we I did that for two years, and I was in like one of the musicals or something. But I didn't do much after high school. Wow, wow! I had no idea. I I could see you fitting <laughs> into that crowd though. That's that's definitely I could see you working that crowd. But uh, yeah, I had no idea that's where you were. Fun, yeah. So, yeah. So that's my hate letter to the Great American Theater. If it pops up by Diana O, Diana, Diana o. o, check her out. Check her out. <laughs> Coco, yo, I know you like loud pipes. Like I know <laughs> you love a combustion engine. I do. That's I do one love thing, a combustion engine. That's why I think you're so cool. <laughs> oh, thanks, Terry. <laughs> I don't feel very cool, but I do like loud pipes. That's why everybody's like, oh. These cars in Holyoke are too loud. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it sounds dope. 
So what if we magic wand turned them all into electric cars? How would you feel about that? I mean, well, if you had asked me this last week, I might have said, down with the electric cars. I love my manual gas-guzzling combustion engine. But now... Mm -hmm. Tell me what happened. So what happened was... What happened? What happened was is I had went out of town, and when I got to the car rental... Mm-hmm. Say there, what happened. There was a Tesla for me. Stop it. There was a Tesla. <laughs> I was so excited. I've never driven a Tesla before. Did that. you love it? Well, at first I didn't because I didn't know how to turn it on. You did a lot of Googling? There was a lot of Googling involved. Couldn't turn it on. They didn't give you a t- give me a tutorial. They were just like, here you go. And I was like, okay, is it on? <laughs> is it on? It was on. And then I was like, uh, well, I should at least adjust the mirrors. Uh, so we figured that out in the radio and the air. And, uh, and then, and then we were off. Right. And so all I have to say is, man, (laughs) when you step on that gas, Mm -hmm. not the gas, the pedal, just the regular, see (laughs) the accelerator point (laughs) when you step on the right pedal, (laughs) The accelerating pedal, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it like takes off like a rocket. Sure does. Oh my god, it was amazing. Those things are fast. I, I sort of like puffed up, like Corvettes were trying to step. I'm like, what you got? You want some of this? But you can't rub your engine next to them. You can't do anything. <laughs> you just like you can only just like you can like move your eyebrows. Right. <laughs> so, you can take was, your hands off the wheel and be like, look at this, no hands. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it was so amazing, and it. I mean, I didn't like not hearing anything, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think that's why you drive. Mm-hmm. You know, it felt really, it was a different kind of experience. And I always insist that I would only drive like a stick because I just think it's a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. And not having that that control over the vehicle, it makes for a boring drive. Right. But there was something, I mean, maybe just because it was new, it was, it was just really fun and exciting. Mm-hmm. But it had like instant acceleration as soon as you took your foot off the accelerator it slows down so you kind of have to get used to that um you don't really need the mirrors which is like a whole new concept because the screen has all the vehicles around you so you know it's like your instinct to look around but i can imagine kids growing up if if their only car ever is an electric car that has this like screen like the tesla with all the Mm -hmm. the graphics on it they're never even gonna look. Never. You know, you just look at the screen. This is not good. This doesn't. I make, mean, this, it's really crazy. That's, that's a little scary. It's insane. Because I want these kids to look in their mirrors, please. I don't think they're gonna do it. <laughs> I don't know if they're gonna do it, but I, I don't want think them they're gonna to. look in any mirror. It's weird because they're just now like attracted to the screen. The screen is everything for them. Yeah. Well, there's a real big one in the Tesla. Mm, I don't like it, but it's. I mean, I wouldn't say that I don't like it. I thought it was fun. I think my time in a Tesla, my time in electric vehicles, I think it's fun. But it's it's scary. It's scary? It's scary. Because I need that noise. I want that noise. And uh, like, you know. No, you're just not there yet. I think they're just creepy. You know, they're a little too quiet. You know what I mean? Your next rental better be an electric car. <laughs> I don't. I'm, and then I drive a pickup. I'm that guy. You're not going to want it anymore. So maybe you shouldn't drive an electric car. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't. Because, you know, I drive a pick, you know. You know what I drive. I know what you drive. <laughs> but I'm just it don't, saying. It ain't nothing like an electric vehicle. 
Yeah, I I mean, I want the speed. That's the other thing. That's the other thing that's really attractive is the speed. But I know it's not a good thing for Terry. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm definitely going to jail. It's like, all, but it just seems, it's also like, I don't know. I've also been been um, listening to some things about how the the lithium is mined for the the batteries. Ooh, now we're getting into social issues. Yeah, and so I'm like, okay, this this is supposed to be like the car that saves the planet, you know, all the electric cars. But if they do that by ruining another entire, um, you know, part of the planet, that's you know, what do we do? We have to just ride bikes, huh? I I think bikes are bikes are fun. You know what I mean? I think bikes are good. I, I also, I, some some something in me says that we're going to need to be versatile for a little while. You know yeah. what I mean? We're going to have to have both electric and combustion engines on the, on the road for a little while. And I think maybe until we get our electric, what was the charging like? Until we get our electric uh, infrastructure right. What was the charging situation like? Well, the charging situation would, would have been a lot better if I had had a tutorial. But uh it only charged up to sixty-seven percent. Oh, that's nice. But that was a user error. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. It had to. I had to adjust the, the battery thing mm-hmm. to say to to allow it to charge to a hundred percent. But look but, at. But then it charged in like a half hour. Look at this. Look at it this way, Coco. Now you got a whole new skill set. I know. You can put this on your resume. I'm very excited about it. I think. I think it's something to be excited. It's about. It's something very exciting about like, it. Like I think. I don't know. I'm, I'm. And for anybody else who might be driving a Tesla rental. Don't fret. There's probably a supercharger in your trunk <laughs> that nobody told you about <laughs> that you could have used instead of looking for a charger. You know what they need by those chargers? Huh. Vacuums. <laughs> That's what they need by those chargers, man. They totally do. They need like something. So <laughs> Might as well just like, do the whole thing. a car wash or something like that. You know what I mean? Right by the charger. Something. You know what I mean? I well, mean, why not? It looks like it would fit, you know? Just a little vacuum. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then everybody would be mad because there'd be people pulled up at the Tesla chargers just vacuuming their cars. So what? You're, those Teslas got to be clean. You know what I mean? You got to keep them clean. You can't be riding around no dirty Tesla. That's not. <laughs> that is a party foul. You know that. It's a super party foul. <laughs> but I'm excited that you got to drive one, and I'm I'm excited for the future. Got to um, be something. Yeah, I think I told you I want the Porsche. Like I don't want the Tesla. Yeah. I want I want a legacy car maker. Do you, so do you have one in mind, a car, a car that you, I don't. I mean, you're going to go to Gary Rome and, and get chances are out, good. Shout I'm out just to Gary Rome. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. I'm just going to be over like driving the electric Kona like, up. Oh, I'll take this. This is great. There you go. And then <laughs> what's up with the Jeep? Man, you just going to let it sit there sad? No, I'm going to wash it. <laughs> <laughs> that Jeep ain't going nowhere. That's that's my little beast. That Jeep is uh. Yeah, very finicky, but I I do love her so. Yeah, she can't leave. I just can't, you know. I can't commute in her. She takes like eight thousand gallons a mile. Right, and is what maxes out at like thirty five, forty miles an hour. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. I thought you were gonna say thirty five miles a gallon. I'm like, on what? On what kind of day are we talking about? Thirty five miles a gallon. Anyways. <laughs> Nice. Ha ha ha. It's all right. I love you Jeep drivers. You guys are great. Oh, sure. You sure. guys are so cool. <laughs> I'm like usually parked on a rock. That's it. That's that's why I love y'all because I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Parked on a curb, on a rock. It don't matter. I drive Sorry. a Jeep. I can do what I want. You can just park over here. Oh, there's no spot? There's a spot for just me. Jeep parking everywhere. There's no know? there's no electric car spots like that. I'll just be 
Well, we did. I mean, you'd just be ripping off the the bumpers and stuff, but people seem to be doing that very well on their own. Yeah, they're pretty good at it. The bump, <laughs> the missing bumpers, <laughs> missing bumpers. Anyways, uh, yeah. So I'm glad you got to glad you got to have that that experience. That's good. Yeah, That's thank good. you. Now I feel like I need a new car, but I know I don't because I don't really have much of a commute. So I'm just gonna sit tight. But I am really excited about it. About the future. About the future. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, let Santa know. <laughs> well and uh santa's got you know and the other thing about buying a uh electric car they come with rebates that's the thing uh, that's the thing so like yeah the price just tag plan it well yeah just plan it well figure out get, how like, to get a two-year-old one that's still new because it hasn't sold yet there you go or you know you don't have to have the whole 160 180k or whatever it costs for one oh. of those yeah. yeah you didn't look at prices course not <laughs> you well you did for the the for the for the um for the the hyundai right that was like starting at like 36 mm-hmm. that's which nice. is already pretty high that's you reasonable know? though that's reasonable i mean it's reasonable but it's high mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. i haven't bought a car in a long time i mean the jeep's I... looking better and better right now mm. Mm. yeah <laughs> looks good don't it <laughs> looks real good <laughs> looks real actually good. looks real good ain't no payment on this thing <laughs> But yeah, that was a lot of fun. So sweet. Well, I'm glad you're back. Thank you. Yeah. Good to be back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> well done. That was the show, right? Thanks for joining us today. On Adventures in Organized Chaos. <laughs> I'm still Coco. And I'm Terry. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. Bye. <laughs>